Before we begin, we wanted to give you a heads up that this episode contains mature content. So guard the ears of your little ones. This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by K12.com and our good friends over at Caroline's Coffee. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, beautiful. <laughs> You're not talking to me. Hey. You talking to me? This is Fletch. <laughs> this is Kendra. I, I started that because this one is uh, Sex Talk with Sheila Gregoire, episode 117. What is going on this week? But I read a fellow Christian blogger's uh, status update today, and she wrote, after my minestrone hangover, and she continues, and but I read it as, as after my milestone hangover. <laughs> Wow. And I was like, what? What? Who puts that on Facebook? That would be a great blog post to read. I'd like to dive into that one. But I'm actually more concerned about the minestrone hangover. So I know one of our daughters is like, what's minestrone? So, hey, welcome to this episode. That was kind of a weird opening, but it's an opening. Hey, it's all good. If you didn't hear me say it earlier, this is episode 117, Sex Talk with Sheila Gregoire. Now, we're kind of diverting from what we said, which was sex uh, ed for parents, part one and part two. Because I think we realized that this conversation isn't going to come to an end oh, because no. everybody's responding to it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of a lot of homeschoolers who are saying, thank you so much for having this conversation out loud. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, <laughs> Or they've turned us off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have, we now, back to just Kendra's mom. No, your mom would have turned this off a long time ago. She doesn't put up with this kind She's of discussion. kind of distracted right now. So, great conversation coming up with Sheila on this episode. Matter of fact, we're going to have a short intro because it is a little bit longer and all... All, all worth it. So, yeah. um, we just came through a wedding weekend. It was fantastic. What a great, what a great Ooh. wedding. Okay, so it is very cool. I have to say, it's very cool to go out onto the cliffs over the Pacific Ocean in San Francisco. Yeah, and have a wedding. Yeah, yeah look up Sutro fun. Baths. It has a great history. Yeah. And our son or the is, Cliff House. Yeah, our son is such a great. Um, adventurous spirit like he is he has explored parts of san francisco that we haven't been to yeah and he's a videographer and he's an artist and he's quirky and he's awesome and so it's that quirky though that that makes you see things in an artistic way it's super neat yeah so cool wedding i got to officiate it and you know what we got a glimpse of what uh the fletcher family is going to look like there's now 12 of us Uh, after december and the girls are now even with the boys. Yeah, so our, our <laughs> Olympics voting has now I evened up. if people care about that in their families, like evening it up the male-female Well, when, like I said, if you're deciding what you want to watch, and if you say, hey, who wants to watch ballet and who wants to watch the luge, I'm, I'm now, well, and I was already losing. What? Yeah. I'm fairly certain neither of those girls want to watch ballet, and maybe only one of ours would. <laughs> With me. Yeah, but I, I feel like I lose a lot. Like, who wants to go to a musical and who wants to go to a Star Wars movie? Yeah, you've lost. That. I've lost right. some, some <laughs> things. So, yeah, so that's great. And so thankful. Kat and uh, Jane, our new well daughter-in-law and soon-to-be daughter-in-law, yeah. knocked it out of the park, boys. 
We love these girls. Um, okay, what else is going on? Um, well, big news on the uh, homeschooling uh, dis- or homeschooling talking. What is it we call it? Speakers? Homeschooling speakers? <laughs> what do we do? Thing. We are coming to Atlanta. Yes, So if we you're are. an Atlanta listener... We're coming to the Teach Them Diligently conference next May. May. And you know what? I, well, I We've never done the Atlanta conference. No. So that was one of the reasons we, we could only commit to one this year, next year. Um, and so we committed to Atlanta. It worked both dates for us and yeah. also because we've had listeners we say, have family there. please come to Atlanta. We yeah. do? Yeah. Aunt Gracie. <laughs> Aunt Gracie right, and people live in Atlanta. Plus, um, Barrett and Jennifer Johnson are in Atlanta. Yes. So we're hoping we can... Connect and see them. So we're going to add some time and, onto that trip. And you, listener, who's saying, wait, I'm there. Yeah. You're there. We get to meet you. Plus Atlanta. Atlanta's cool. Atlanta's hip. I'm excited for Atlanta. You just want to go to the Coca-Cola factory. That's not ex- anything. <laughs> There's That is the least on my list of things I would want to do. All right. I mean, I like Coca-Cola. You guys know I'm a Coke drinker. Coke in a bottle made in Mexico with sugar, of course. But <laughs> it's not that. It's just that Atlanta's a very hip town. Very cool. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So two of my favorite podcasters podcast out of Atlanta, Chuck, uh, Josh and Chuck. Are... I don't think there's enough time in Atlanta to see all these people that you Well, I'm not going to see them, but I'm see. just excited that all we right. get to go to Atlanta. So there's... Yeah, that's I'm excited too. Stuff. And we will do our workshop on um, homeschooling in real life. We will do our workshop on homeschooling will save your kids, which of course our listeners know it won't, yes, but we'll do true. that workshop. And um, so we'll do some things together. Uh, hey, Fletch, maybe you should develop some great workshop on culture or something. Wow. How to listen to Bob Marley <laughs> and, <laughs> and, not, and not get kicked out of a homeschool convention. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that has any legs whatsoever. Uh, if no, you don't I know think... the story about me wearing the Bob Marley shirt to a homeschooling convention in Modesto, <laughs> people okay. are like, who's that guy? <laughs> but I think, I think Christian parents genuinely want to know how to navigate culture with their kids. That's it. You know what? I should think that through. I will I will have to think that through. Man, I'm going to tell you this. Um, we, we have a great show, and we just need to get into this conversation. Um, again, I think it's one you should uh, think through. Uh, this discussion was whether you should have kids listen. Um, but if you are struggling with uh, discussing sex, discussing intimacy, mm-hmm. um, do you struggle in your intimate life? Uh, is, are there things you want to say that you think are going to hurt the feelings of your spouse, um, both maybe, husbands and maybe wives? Maybe you just want a better sex life. Can, yeah, can we just do it. that? Like We're at like a Olympic 5. We want to be at an Olympic 10. You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) And for the right reasons. (laughs) Right. Not because we're in this sex porn addicted culture we're in. Yeah. But because we want something that God's created that's so good. Yeah. Because we know biblically that God designed this to be a reflection of his glory. So what does that look like? Let's, uh, Let's head into that interview. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and success beyond high school, they deserve an education designed for them. Learn more at k12.com slash listen for more information about enrolling. You know, a child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious. We got one of those. Others are inventive. We've got one of those. And others are analytical. We even have one of those. You know, with eight kids, we have one of everything, probably. So here's the part I love. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option 
to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to find colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Are you interested in becoming part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education? K-12 welcomes students for grades K through 12. Visit k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529. We're in the studio with our special guest, Sheila Gregoire. Sheila is an author, speaker, knitter, and homeschooling mom. Yes. So basically, I'm interviewing Kendra's long lost <laughs> sister. Um, <laughs> Sheila, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life. Thank you. And I should actually say I'm a homeschool grad mom because both my girls are in university now. Well, one just graduated, actually, so they're all grown up. Woo, good for you. That's awesome. Wow, yeah. life on the other side, people. That's what it's like. Listen how happy she is. Uh-huh. And we made it. We we went right through high school, and, and it was awesome. And really, best thing I ever did. So. so according to your website, it says, I don't know exactly how I migrated from mostly talking about parenting and marriage to talking about sex. But sometime in the last five years, I became the sex lady. And that was in quotes. <laughs> uh, and so now I blog and write regularly about how to make sex awesome in marriage. Why don't you start a little bit with uh, telling us who you are and what your ministry is? Sure. Well, I started writing back in 99. Mostly did a lot of magazine articles. It was right after our son passed away. So I was concentrating a lot on you know just grief and, and regular parenting stuff. And then in my first book, which was To Love, Honor, and Vacuum, which is also the name of my blog, um, I had a chapter in there on sex. And that seemed to be what all the people were sending me feedback about. So I wrote another book on sex, and then I started getting interviews on sex. I did a few TV programs on it. And then in 2012, um, my big book came out, The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, and it won all kinds of awards. And so here I am, the sex lady, and it was never intentional. <laughs> I really, <laughs> I just wanted to write women's books. Um, and I, I did all these speaking at women's conferences, but, but my agent said it was probably the sex book that would sell so we should start with that. And it's really blown my blog up because I think women honestly want to talk about this and there isn't a safe place. There really isn't. So we're responding to a letter from a listener and I know, I know you read it and we've read it on the air a few times. Uh, and she specifically mentioned that we interview you on this topic. Um, we're finding that homeschooling parents, kind of like what you're saying, homeschooling parents um, are able to teach their kids a lot of things, but they're unable to talk to their kids about sex when they don't feel comfortable with the conversation mm-hmm. themselves. Are, mm-hmm. are you seeing that to be the case in general, not just the homeschooling community, but in the church in general? Yes and no. I think it's the case for some people. I don't think it's the case for everybody. And in fact, I think that I would I would divide the Christian community into two groups. There's one group who says, we should be talking about this all the time. God made it. We have the best sex anyway, so let's celebrate that and let's spread the message. And they're quite comfortable speaking about it. And then there's another group which just can't talk about it. 
they can't. And if there's ever a Bible study on it or a conversation among friends, they just can't go there. And they're carrying a lot of messages often from their childhood that they were stuck with, that this is something good people don't talk about. It's something maybe you do behind a closed door, but it stays there and they just can't get past that. And the problem is when you're in the middle of that, how in the world do you give your kids a healthy view of it? Right. Absolutely. And so in your experience and exposure to churches, Sheila, do you think the church is doing a good job teaching couples about nurturing and talking out loud with, you know, about sex lives and all that? Yeah. You know, again, that's that's really a hard question because what do we mean by the church, right? I, I, I go around North America and I do a women's talk called Girl Talk, uh, Straight Talk About Intimacy and Sex, and it goes over really well. <laughs> and it's amazing the feedback you get. Um, I think churches are actually far more open to talk about this than we think. The problem is there's no real place to. Mm-hmm. I mean, a pastor cannot get up on a Sunday morning right. and do a real sermon about sex because let's face it, there are kids in the audience. I mean, I'm really comfortable talking about sex but I would not want a real sermon on like libido differences or something. If Mm. my 12 year old was in the congregation. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That would be something. What, (laughs) what, what hymns go along with that? What, what contemporary Christian music? (laughs) So, so there are things that are just not appropriate from the pulpit. And so if you can't do it from the pulpit, where else do you do it? And, and there's not, um, there, that's where the church is really lacking. And I think that's where small groups need to come in. I think that's where the online community is so great. Um, But I also think it's just women talking to other women and coming alongside women as they're about to get married (laughs) and men too. Um, But it was a woman who asked the question, a a female reader. So that's what I'm um, more responding to. But, you know, just coming along people who are about to get married and starting that conversation ourselves and taking taking the initiative because not everything can be left to a pastor. It's not always appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. So if even if a church is doing a really great job with this, they have somebody appointed, you know, or they have a small group or somebody's doing a book discussion or something like that. Are there roadblocks still? I mean, I'm this is rhetorical. Yes, there are roadblocks. Bo- <laughs> what do you think? What do you think is keeping that couple from having a really healthy conversation in their own marriage about their sex life? Well, I think if I can just talk about um, where your listener was coming from, because, you know, there's all kinds of different roadblocks. But if we look at the one in particular, I really do think that there's this idea that we can't talk about sex because somehow it's shameful. And maybe this is a topic for a different homeschooling and real life podcast that I would love to do about how the purity culture is really backfiring. Mm, yes, <laughs> yeah, no right. Doubt. Of course, Sheila, you're coming back episode. for a second episode, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Will, but that's a separate, that's a separate conversation to have about, about the, the, the message that we're passing on to our kids inadvertently without even meaning to. Um, But if I look at at a lot of the 20 and 30-something moms that I talk to, a lot of them came into marriage with a lot of shame. You know, we're told that good girls don't do this. Um, We're brought up, and what we're told all the time is wait until marriage. Don't even think about it. Mm. You know, don't, don't kiss your husband until you're married. Don't touch him. Don't think about men in that way. Don't look at him. Men are going to lust after you. So you need to be modest. And all of these messages that we get are very sex negative. (laughs) They are. And, um, you know, I completely believe in waiting until marriage to have sex, but even sometimes the way that we frame it, like, like when we say you need to stay pure until you're married, 
Have you ever heard that? Stay oh, pure yeah, until sure. you're free? That's, that's mm-hmm. like a, the 11th commandment. Okay. Except, <laughs> do you know what that, never, ever, ever, ever say that to your children. That is a horrible thing to say to your children. Because if you say, stay pure until you're married, you imply that as soon as you get married, you lose your purity. Mm. Well, or maybe, maybe I'm not pure to begin with. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe that's why I need Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you stay pure, period. Right. I'm married. Exactly. And exactly. I'm pure and I'm not pure because of what I've done with my body. I'm pure right. because of what Jesus did with his. Yes. Amen. And, and by telling kids all the time, stay pure until you're married, we give them this idea that as soon as you are not a virgin, even if it's in marriage, mm. you are no longer pure. That the epitome of purity is a young virginal girl. Mm. And then you take that young virginal girl and you get her married. And how in the world is she supposed to talk about sex or be comfortable with it at all? Oh, yeah. So um, homeschoolers are notorious. I mean, I'm talking to the parents here. They are notorious for being burned out. Yes. uh, Overtired, over busy. So I want to break this down into two questions. First, uh, for the wives. What can a wife do in this busy season of life to bring balance to life, but specifically in the area of a sex life. Here's something that I learned as a homeschooling mom. Every single day I ended my day feeling like I didn't get done all the things that I needed to get done every day. And yet at the end of the year, I was always amazed at how much my kids learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we forget the bigger picture And we get caught up in the little things every day. And you need to take that long-term view, which is your kids are going to learn. You know, things are going to get done. And if you put so much pressure on yourself to get through a whole to-do list every single day, what you're going to do is you are going to burn yourself out. And so take that long-term view. And we needed to get to a place where I said, I need my evenings. You know, I Mm -hmm. really need my evenings for myself. And so once dinner was over, there was no more work done in my house. No laundry went on, no housework, no anything. That had to be moved in during the day. And the kids had to help with it during the day, (laughs) you know, to get it done. But I needed my evenings. And if you homeschool or in your husband works outside the home, or if he homeschools and you work, whatever the arrangement might be, you need some downtime. And I think the problem is that we women are not taking any downtime. And then evening comes along and all we want more than anything in the world is just to be by ourselves. (laughs) Oh, I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. We are just desperate to be Mm -hmm. by ourselves. And so you need to have that downtime in the evening. You just do. Um, Make that your priority. Get your kids into a great evening routine. Get them off to bed early. Let them read. You know, we always said bedtime is eight, but you can read till nine. (laughs) And then kids always read till nine, you know, (laughs) but they were in their rooms a lot earlier that way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, and, and, and just have that time. And if you need to take, if you need to tell your husband, okay, I need from eight till nine is me time and no one's allowed to talk to me, not even you, <laughs> then take that. But then at nine o'clock, you can be back with him. All right. So let's flip side this because you, you, okay, she just, I feel like she's been to our house. Um, she's like, <laughs> right? she's like, so then Kendra gets time to knit and be by herself. <laughs> so um, 
<laughs> I am a really good homeschool. I'm self-professionally the best homeschool dad in America. <laughs> um, because I know that about my wife. And I, I come, I was telling somebody, I, I drive home saying, mom's off, mom's off, mom's off. That's what I say when I come through the door. Hey, guys, mom's off. Um, so any questions, unless you're going to ask me like really complicated questions about your period, um, <laughs> I'm not going to be the person to talk to you about this. I mean, I'm, I am going to be the person to talk to you about this. So um, all Kendra wants, and, and I'm just going to personify the second question. All Kendra wants is to be left alone. You know, I don't want anybody touching me or being near me. <laughs> well, certain and, seasons more than others, for sure. I mean, oh, you were talking to some of our listeners who are young mamas. You bet. Yeah, but I'm yeah. talking every day. So, um, <laughs> so, <not> so. <laughs> no, but you know what? So much of that is personality dependent. I mean, if you're a real introvert. Yeah. You need that time every day. Absolutely. Like you need it. Yeah. As much as you need oxygen, no matter what period of your life you're in. So, yeah. so for some of our listeners who are introverts, they understand, you know. Yeah. Now, I all I care about is actually being with her at the end of my day cuz I've had just the crap of the world all over me. And as a dentist, I've had, you know, I've I've worked in an office full of women. I've, you know, <laughs> a majority of my patients are women or children. Um it's just the nature of dentistry. Do um, men not take care of their teeth? They Wait, do. I actually want they, to know that. Yeah, I don't want to know. That. No, they do. It's just, it's just the majority of it. Like I know, we'll be going around town at a shopping center, and I'll, you know, women and children will say hi to me. And can, you know, my over the years they've said, you know, a lot of moms around town. I'm like, I do. I know a lot of them. <laughs> well, that's it. It's more moms bringing yeah. their kids in than dads. Yeah. So I, all I want is to spend time with her. So what's the advice now to the husband? What can I be doing in this season of life, or what can other men who are, you know, coming in and finding this burned out mama? but they just want to be with her. What, what's the balance there? One of the best things I think my husband ever did for me was he would sit down and he would say, okay, look, you look exhausted. Let, let's go through your schedule together and figure this out. Because, you know, my husband's a real problem solver and he's a really good one at saying, you need to say no to some things. things and, and that would give me the emotional ability to do that because I would often feel guilty saying no to something. But if Keith said, no, you can't do this. You need to say no to this. It's like, okay, phew. All right. I really can, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think sometimes doing that reevaluation, maybe, um, you know, four times a year, once every season or something, just sitting down with your wife and saying, let's see what our, our weeks look like. Like, what does our schedule look like? Is this honestly manageable? Do you think you can do it? How can I help you with it? What can we get rid of? And um, sometimes even at night, what, what Keith does is uh, we'll go for a walk after dinner. And I, I explained this to him early in our marriage, that women are like big pinball machines in our brains. You know when you play pinball and that ball is just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth and bouncing <laughs> off of everything? Sure. That's what our brains are like. There's these little pinballs and they are bouncing everywhere. And the thing about... Um, especially sex, is that we can't enjoy it if we can't concentrate. Mm -hmm. And we can't concentrate if there are pinballs. And we have these pinballs constantly. So if Keith and I go for a walk, he can say to me, okay, get rid of all your pinballs. And I'll just talk about all the things that are bugging me or that I'm worried about, and I'll feel so much better. <laughs> and then those pinballs are gone, and it's much easier Um later on at night, but, but I need that time. I need to be able to unload them on him without him necessarily fixing them. Sometimes I'll say, okay, I need you to fix this. I need you to tell me how to fix my schedule or whatever. But sometimes he just listens and that, that helps tremendously. Guys, that is some of the best advice I've heard. Um, and you also have to be willing to listen to the pinballs. To the pinballs right. I mean, you can't, the reason I think a lot of guys don't want to ask that question 
because they don't <laughs> want to listen. They don't actually mm-hmm. want to take that time. But um, you you can't think that you're going to jump in the sack later, mm-hmm. you know, with this mind spinning around. And I know this. I mean, I, I'm I'm completely agreeing with what Sheila just said. Because uh, like, so that's two wives. And in you're North you're very patient. You let you uh huh uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of little. I just oh, don't ever really? understand. Like, how do we get over to this bumper? Are you kidding me? We just left education. Now we're talking about yeah wedding finances, and now and we're over. Is, you know, when guys have a lot on their minds, they'll find that sex helps them because then they can get out of all that stuff and get into the sex box. But for women, it's the opposite. So guys can be like, "Hey, look, you got all this on your mind. Let's just relax and have some fun." And she's, "You don't get me. You don't get me at all." Uh, <laughs> so. yeah. Oh my goodness, we're talking about good stuff, and yeah. this is a great conversation. But we need to take a quick break. So let's do that, and we'll be right back. While we're taking a break from our interview with Sheila, this is a great time to talk about our second sponsor for the show, which is Caroline's Coffee at carolinescoffee.com. Now, you can head right over there. You can order yourself a cup of coffee, maybe like the one I'm drinking right now, which is an Ethiopian Yerga Chaffee. I've talked about it so many times on the show. It's one of my favorite cups of coffee, one of my favorite beans. It was roasted just last week by Trace Fike, the owner at Caroline's. But you can use our uh, code, H-I-R-L, and you'll get 10% off coffee, tea, or anything you order from the store. Um, You know, the great thing is you can support our show by doing that. And we want to thank our sponsor, uh, Caroline's Coffee, and we want to thank you for supporting our sponsors. Welcome back to episode 117 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. We are talking about sex ed for parents. And this is part two of a short series we're doing. Today we have author and speaker Sheila Gregoire from the website To Love, Honor, and Vacuum. And we've been talking a lot about parents who struggle talking in their own marriages about sex. Um, So I have a tough question for you, Sheila. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, I think we have listeners, I know we have listeners, who are frozen with fear about these discussions that we're talking about. So how, what, what do you say is maybe the first step? How can we help them get started? Um, in a marriage, maybe they're dissatisfied with sexual intimacy. Uh, how can they have a safe conversation? How can they bring it up safely with a spouse who maybe doesn't even want to talk about it either? You know, it's it's a problem that we have in any area. If you have a tension in your area, it, in your marriage, it is really difficult to talk about if you don't also spend a lot of time together laughing. And this is one thing that I have universally found. The more that you laugh together, the easier it is to talk about difficult things. If you never laugh together, if your whole life is about the kids, Mm. if your family is primarily oriented towards homeschooling, it will always be extremely difficult to bring up subjects where there is some tension. So you need to bring the tension level down in your marriage before you really tackle anything big like that. Um, and, And so just learn how to laugh again, you know, take some walks, do stuff, just the two of you watch a funny show on Netflix. I don't care what it is, but just start to put laughter back into your day. Um, play a game after the kids go to bed, you do a puzzle, just spend some time together and, and, and bring that tension level down. And sometimes, um, if you have a difficult time bringing something up, one thing that can make it easier is to, is to say there's a specific time of the week where you're just going to do a marriage check-in. Because if there's already a time scheduled, it's easier to say those things. So if you say, you know, every Sunday at nine o'clock, we're going to get a cup of tea and we're going to sit in our chairs or out on our porch or whatever and just talk about what the week is coming up and what we can do for each other. And you know that that is coming. Then 
it's easier to bring up these things that might be difficult to talk about because it's not coming out of the blue. So she said one thing there. She said cup of tea. I don't know where these people are coming from to yes. drink tea, but yes. again, <laughs> I feel like I'm too. talking to Kendra. Um, <laughs> so I have a question though in that, and I just want to tag on really quick. Um, it's a hard question though. Like I'm dissatisfied with our mm-hmm. intimacy mm-hmm. to a mom who already suffers from mom guilt that she's mm-hmm. not teaching well enough yeah. or parenting well enough or whatever. Pinteresting um, enough. Yeah. Doing so anything enough. <laughs> I'm suddenly this father or husband that says, I don't want to bring this up and I'll go yeah. years for out without it. So this idea mm-hmm. of finding a time, um, declaring it's a safe time. <laughs> yes. And, but here, here's another way to, to, to phrase it. You know, instead of saying I'm dissatisfied with our intimacy or, or, you know, um, or something like that, why not say it more like this? You know, I think that God created this to be something amazing. And I'm just afraid that you and I are missing out on something. So can we just do the most fun research project we will ever do together and figure this out? You know, that's awesome. <laughs> like, but, but do it Continuing more in terms in. of What's God it? created something to be amazing and I don't want to miss out on that. And so let's work on this together. And, and, and that way you're not putting the problem on her. You're not putting the problem on you. No one, no one is to blame here. It's just that we want what's best for both of us. Um, and, and I find that phrasing it like that is much more helpful. Okay, so just to throw a little wrench in there, what about that couple that says, we don't want to do the research, just tell us what a healthy sex life looks like? <laughs> um, well, you know, one of the reasons that I think we have trouble talking about sex is because we don't see it the way that God made it. We think of sex as primarily a physical thing. And in, in, in doing that, we're really making the same mistake the world does, because the world sees sex as only physical. And so, mm. you know, they take sex outside of marriage and that it's not about commitment. It's not about intimacy. It's just about the body. But then even when you are Christian, even when you are married, when we start talking about um that we want more from sex or that we want more sex or whatever, the way we often phrase it is still about, you know, I want more satisfaction. And we're not talking about, I want real intimacy. And the neat thing about the way that God made our bodies is that, especially the female body, we have way more fun physically when we feel intimate. So it's like when the intimacy is boosted, Hmm. your body kicks in a whole lot better. <laughs> so, you know, if we can just see it as more of a of an intimate thing where we want to feel really close. And then it's not it's not something which is shameful. When you see it as primarily a physical thing, it's going to be shameful. It really is. But when you see it as a whole picture where it's physical, emotional and and um spiritually intimate, then it's easier to say, okay, you know what? When I feel close to you, this really rocks. <laughs> you know, and this is amazing. So um, I have another practical question because I think this we're nailing these for our listeners today. And I think there's a lot of things to grab onto. But I'm going to create the mythical couple um, who actually exists. And we have a lot of these, either in our mm-hmm. lives personally uh, as we deal with young married couples in church or just in listeners. Um, young homeschooling mom, we, you, you touched on this earlier. Um, she feels that sex is dirty and a young homeschooling dad who feels like he is living in a sexual desert. Mm -hmm. Um, How do we help that young couple as best we can right now? 
she needs to understand what sex is really for. I, I talk about this so much in the Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex, and it's hard to do it justice in this program, but that's a really fun book. And if, you, if you've ever struggled with feeling like sex is shameful, get it, okay? <laughs> the Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex. But, you know, she needs to see that sex is something which is for her. And here's something that I figured out a while ago. Um, I used to say no a lot to my husband because I was exhausted, you know, I was just too tired. And like I said, women have to be able to concentrate in order to have fun. And when you're tired, it's hard to concentrate. So I would say no. And then you would lie there and you would just know that he is disappointed. Mm. And you can feel like the ticked offedness flowing from his body, right? <laughs> and so then you're ticked because he's ticked and you don't sleep well. And the next day you're prickly to each other and you just get more exhausted. And then one night, I remember I was particularly tired. I had been away speaking and I had come home and all kinds of stuff. Happened. I was just really tired. But we made love anyway. And I slept like a baby. And I realized I sleep so much better after we have sex. So now when I'm exhausted, I just say to my husband, come put me to sleep, baby. And it works so much better. So, you know, if you're a really tired homeschooling mom, realize that sex is one of the gifts that God gave you to sleep better. Because it really does work, you know. But but the other thing is, I don't think women really get that for us, libido is largely a, a use it or lose it thing. When we make love a lot, we're going to want to make love a lot. But when we stop making love, we don't need it in the same way. Most women don't. Some women definitely do. And there are differences in sex drives and in hormone levels and all of those things. And I don't mean to generalize. But you know, for, for most women, we, if, if we're not making love much, it doesn't honestly affect us that much. And then we wonder what all the fuss is about. And so you've got to just decide that this is something which is for you. This is good for you. This is good for your marriage. And you need to just jump in instead of waiting to be in the mood. Because if you're waiting to be in the mood, you could be waiting a really long time. Oh, that is so These true. Are words of hope yeah, for people. They are I words think, of hope. I, think I agree. They are. I think there's a lot of couples that'll listen to that and go, Oh, really? <laughs> some some <laughs> might be saying, really? I'm already there. I'm already <laughs> in that desert. I don't see an oasis anywhere. Um, so to um, I, one more tough question. I think someone might have this. This is one I came up with uh, just because I think I hear this a lot from the Christian community. Uh, if we veer off course from procreative sex and we're focused, you know, on pleasure and this and that and the other thing, we got to do it more. We got to have different quality types, kinds. Um, is is there a potential there? Or they, I guess they would say the potential is, you know what? We're just being driven by a sex porn driven culture. Mm. We've got to be careful that that's not what drives us. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm hearing something different. Uh, and I know I am from you and I know I am from us that, uh, no, uh, it might sound like that, but we're really focusing on a God-given gift. Uh, is there a balance there? Is there something to be said in that statement? Yeah, I, and I think that a lot of people do have that idea that unless it's procreative, it's somehow wrong. But interestingly, in Song of Solomon, there's nothing about procreation. There really isn't. It's just a celebration of each other's bodies and how much you enjoy them. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, the interesting thing about human beings is that God made us with definite signs as to when we are fertile and when we are not. You know, our female bodies go through changes when you're fertile and when you're not. And I think the reason is so that 
we can decide when we want to get pregnant and when we don't want to get pregnant. And we can decide when we just want to have a rip-roaring good time without worrying about it. <laughs> because if we have a sign for it, then it really is okay to use those signs. Um, and, and I think that the fear that we're making sex into something too physical, again, is really this this shaming of sex thinking that it's only physical because what people don't realize is that when you really are intimate the physical rocks and so if we're always downplaying the physical oh it shouldn't be physical it should be this deeply um intimate thing but by intimate they mean almost duty then they're missing out on the bigger picture for what god intended and for how god made our bodies as well because seriously the physical is better when you feel closer and so if we start to say that it should, if if we worry too much about having fun, then we're missing out on something. Well, if you're not having fun, you're probably missing out on something too. Yeah, <laughs> because you're probably not seeing sex with the whole picture. All right, Sheila, this has been a really fantastic conversation, and thank you so much for joining us. I think um, what you've given our listeners is something to really grasp. And for homeschooling moms who say, I can't add one more thing. I think what you've given are words of hope and life. So thank you so much for joining us here today. Well, thank you. It's been fun. And I have, I really do have lots more to love, honor and vacuum that hopefully will help you get over that hump and get that libido going again. (laughs) Yes. Great. So tell us where we can find you online. Yes, yeah, so my blog is to love, honor, and vacuum. I blog almost every day. Usually it's about sex, but not always, but definitely usually parenting and marriage. Um, and then I've got two big sex books that I think you'll really like, The Good Girl's Guide to Great Sex. And if you just need to have more fun with your husband and you don't know how to talk about it, I've got 31 Days to Great Sex, which is a challenge that you do together. It's not 31 Days of Great Sex, so I'm not telling you you have to have sex every day for 31 days. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> it's just... 31 days of challenges to get you to the place where it really is something to look forward to again. That's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. And, uh, on behalf of our listeners, uh, I think we are all off and rolling into better conversations because of this one you chose to have with us. Uh, we'd love to have you back in the future. Yeah. I'd love to talk about the purity culture with homeschooling movement. Cause I've seen so much danger coming out of that. So, well, thanks so much. Yeah. All right, so that interview with Sheila was off the hook, good, and we're going to have her back definitely. We want to. We have got to talk about the purity culture in homeschooling. Oh yeah, we will. Um, and yeah. I don't mean because, uh, I, you know, I what I do mean is I think we need to offend some people. Uh, we needed to be offended ourselves because yeah, we were so wrapped up in that's that. That's what too. I'm saying. So uh-huh. hey, um, in the meantime, folks, we want you to support us. Come on, let's get let's just shoot to the point here. I need your help over at patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. You know, I, I gave a real practical reason last week why we can use your support for the mm-hmm. show. Um, we were able to get a router. We were able to get the, the Disney uh, router um, for our family. And I'm just telling you, it was it's fantastic. I promise I'm going to blog about it. Um, also, but I, that allows us to do what we're doing. That's it. And that's yeah, it. Exactly. And get it done it's 100%. Every it's not just gifts for our family. We weren't able to put our show up two weeks ago. I had to go down to the office and get on a wireless to put it up, but our studio came to an end. And uh, so thank you for being uh, supporters. All right, let's talk about support. Um, head on over to patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. 
to uh, throw a few pennies or quarters or dollars or $10 bills our way. We could use your financial support to make this even better. Um, And so the other thing I'm asking you to do that doesn't involve any cost whatsoever is just to go buy some coffee at carolinescoffee.com. They're our second supporter of the show, and we're so thankful for them. And then lastly, um, go on over to iTunes and leave a review. No, wait a minute. Don't go to leave a review this week. I think you're going to be motivated to leave a review, but head on over to our iTunes uh, page, Homeschooling in Real Life. All you have to do is go to iTunes, search for Homeschooling in Real Life or Fletch or Kendra or Homeschooling. You'll find us. When you find us, I want you to read our reviews, and I need you to read this one by Giddy Up, G-I dot D dot up. It was left on August 17th, um, and let me tell you, guys, best review I've read on iTunes in a long time. This is why we do Homeschooling in Real Life. You need to go read this review. I, I can't. I'm just going to leave it there. I think it's a she. I think it's a she. Um, great review and said some really great things and even said, I don't think anybody's going to read this review. Oh, yeah? I'm sending people <laughs> there to read that review right now. So thanks for being great listeners this week. Thanks for uh, bearing with us as we go through some trickier topics. You know, we've talked about porn. We've talked about um, how to talk about sex as parents. And again, now this even better talk with Sheila. This conversation hasn't come to an end yet, so we will probably dive in more as questions come in or as people say, what about this? And we've already received some of those. So the whiteboard behind us is filling up with new topics as we sit here. So thanks for being great listeners. We will see you next time. This is Sheila Gregoire. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about the show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them wherever you download your podcasts.